I would like to say it's good to be back, but I'm in such a weird state of, I don't want to say confusion, but I mean, of course, we're going to discuss everything, but just going between episodes one and two alone, I'm just kind of in this moment of, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's like a sense of quiet resignation because I just feel like, well, this is it. This is what we're getting. Being upset about it is not going to change anything. That's true. And That's true. Let's. I guess we'll just let this happen <laughs> because yeah. we have no choice. No, you're right. I rewatched the second episode. Oh. And I think because I kind of liked it, but I think I liked it because there was no... And again, we'll get into it, but there was no back and forth. Yeah, well, we kind of ignored the situation. The present day. Yeah, yeah. like the present day <laughs> The elephant in the room was ignored. And I think that's what we can probably expect in the next couple of episodes. I think yeah. they I think they want us to be fully immersed in this 50s time period. And that was kind of what Tabitha was saying, which we can get into. But it was like, yep. you need to blend in. You need to just embrace being in the 50s. And I felt like she was talking to us and I was like but I don't want to right like in retrospect (laughs) now her speech kind of made me yeah that's a hundred percent it wasn't even to Jughead no it was to us like okay (laughs) you gotta forget that that happened for a little while right and I kind of wish we could get the memory erasing that uh (laughs) that Jughead had but yeah (sighs) anyway this is I hate it let's watch it I'm Lisa and I'm Dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary No kids, it was not just a bad dream. Riverdale season seven does in fact pick up in the 1950s and it looks like we're going to be stuck here for a while. How did we get here, you ask? Our favorite chronokinetic guardian, Angel Tabitha, explains to a very confused and out-of-time jughead that their last-ditch effort to melt Bailey's comet with their combined superpowers weirdly did not work, and she was forced to displace everyone back in time to prevent them from dying. She believes she can get back to present-day Riverdale eventually once she finishes untangling some timelines, and if none of this is making sense to you, that's because it's complete bullshit and we're just going to have to accept that. Prior to this revelation, Jughead has been running around attempting to understand how and why the gang has ended up in 1950s Riverdale, which looks and feels exactly the same as season one Riverdale. Archie is our all-American boy next door, Cheryl is our narcissistic queen bee who is threatened by the arrival of ex-Hollywood starlet Veronica Lodge, banished from Tinseltown due to bad behavior. Betty runs the school newspaper and tries to help social activist Tony get an article about Emmett Till published, and Jughead lives in a derelict train car with Serpent's mascot Hot Dog. Jughead spends the whole episode attempting to convince the gang they don't belong here, but he's unsuccessful, which prompts Tabitha to show up and tell him to shut up and get comfortable in the 50s. To prevent Jughead from going insane, she wipes his memory of future Riverdale, and we're kind of jealous he gets that option so this is episodes one and two of season seven of Riverdale we're gonna try and talk about them separately yeah and and give our you know cogent analysis of both (laughs) (laughs) separately Uh. and together so this uh, where do you where do you want to start because I'm mad (laughs) (sighs) um I mean, we st- it starts the way I guess we can assume it had to, which is Jughead just giving us the lowdown of, you know where we left off. Right. This is where I am right now. And they have no idea. And it's Jughead really just this whole episode is just trying to get them, and by them I mean everybody else, to kind of remember anything from prior to the comet. And it doesn't do much (laughs) (laughs) no but he's i get very yeah i get very confused and that 
the part that I'm confused at the most is a little later in the episode, but I think we can talk about that now, honestly. Okay. Because, and I think we have to, just because a lot of the other stuff going on in this episode, I don't want to say it, it didn't a matter. Bummer. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it didn't matter, but also like it was it was so unrelated to everything. It was a weird, yeah. It was a it, weird, it was weird inclusion, yeah, for the first episode of a season that you brought us into this weird Back to the Future type situation. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was. I don't know. I yeah. I was a little bummed. I was bummed. That's fair. So as Don said, Jughead is the only person aware that they are in the fifties, and he's kind of trying to jog everybody's memories. And then finally, towards the end of the episode, he's sitting in Pops, and Tabitha walks in. But it's not fifties Tabitha; it's our chronokinetic guardian angel of Riverdale, Tabitha, mm-hmm. come to talk to him, get him up to speed, and be like, "Here's what's going on." And we needed this. So I, like I said, I really think this was for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> not so much for Jughead, because she also then immediately wipes his memory. So what she says is that their effort to melt Bailey's Comet with their combined superpowers, it does not work. Everybody dies or like would have died. There's an extinction level event is what Tabitha says. And yeah. in order to prevent everybody from just going kaplooey she transports them back in time slash space slash what (laughs) right but she couldn't she couldn't keep the um oh god i i even like found like somewhat of an explanation here and i'm reading it and i'm like "Eh, i don't even know if i no well i mean like let's save ourselves some time because it doesn't it shouldn't make sense because I just briefly went back to watch the last episode of season six just to remind Mm -hmm. myself because Mm -hmm. I was pretty sure that this was not allowed and that part of the reason why they were all freaking out in the last episode was because they didn't know how to stop this comet from killing everybody. Yeah. So Tabitha says in the first like two minutes of that episode that every time period she takes them to to try to rescue them from the comet they're going to get a hit by a comet no matter yeah. what time period they're in. So how the fuck did she end up able to do it without everybody dying? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense by their own rules. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh, God. And here we are stuck dealing again with the untangling of timelines. I don't even and know what that means. Like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> okay. It's a... She used what was left of her life force to send them back to the past, a point far enough back that might give them necessary runway to make it back to a present where Riverdale isn't destroyed by a comet. However, she has to explore and untangle the various timelines that became knotted when the comet hit. Okay, that's gibberish. No, yeah, that means that's nonsense. That's actual garbage. And again, almost doesn't even matter because when you think about how they set it up in the in the finale of season six, they made it so that this type of saving scenario was not even possible. So they're already giving themselves a loophole by being like, oh, except she did do it. She she did it this way, and that's different somehow. And it's like, fuck you guys. I'm still like, <laughs> why did we have to get to this point? Like, we shouldn't have to think this hard. I know. And also, the thing that's confusing to me about this is that it doesn't seem to be a straight 
back in time because mm-hmm. it's not like we've dropped our Riverdale people into the 50s of Riverdale because, you know, like their grandparents would be there or you know, like other like continuity issues would right. be everyone's taking this, place. Pretty much the same. Age. Yeah. But everyone. I mean, yeah. And everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their same names. So it's almost like Rivervale in that aspect because it feels like an alternate universe and Tabitha kind of confirms that. But like she doesn't do alternate universes. She does time traveling. So what the... Yeah. How the... <sighs> mm-hmm. And I was trying... And I think that's why I liked the second episode better. Yeah, because we don't have to worry about this. <laughs> we didn't really have to think. Although it has its own funness, I guess, to it. Which we'll get to, but... Uh, yeah, know, so man. this... Jughead then also thinks... There's a scene where Archie is fixing up his hot rod. And... <laughs> He can't find his hammer, and it sparks in Jughead's mind. Oh, my God, our time capsule. And this is where I got confused, because I know they're in the... Are they in... (laughs) Oh, right, yeah. Because how could they be in the past, but have buried the time capsule? The time capsule wouldn't exist. (laughs) Right. In the future. (laughs) Right, yeah. So him trying to explain all of this was just so... My, like I kind of felt like them at this moment where they're like can we just live our lives like we like it here like we don't know what you're talking about yeah I, like the only way that would work is if the 50s era was a facade and they were still in future Riverdale but like everybody was just in some sort of like a trance where it looks like the 50s but it's really because you're right the the time capsule would not be there that's that is yeah. a fact and something else that bothered me about it he was like oh my beanie's not in here and it's because, and this is, I, I just rewatched season six, so I feel like it. I, I'm not missing anything here, but Reggie got yes. it for Percival so that Percival could break into Jughead's mind mm-hmm. by looking and feeling familiar to his mind. Yeah. As far as I know, he doesn't get that beanie back. And even if he did, like, what happened to it? Like... I yeah, I don't, don't remember him getting it back either. Yeah, I don't recall where the beanie ends up. So the fact that it ends up on his desk at the end of this episode and he's like looking at it like, who, what's this? I'm also like, huh? Where did it come from? <laughs> Percival took it and maybe, I don't know, took it with him to the afterlife. I don't know. Yeah, and then for it to appear after his memory is basically wiped by Tabitha. Yeah. And then him not realizing what it means or why it's there or whatever is frustrating because he it's the one thing he was looking for out of the time capsule. And now that he has been wiped with all of that, <laughs> it's right there. Yes. And we should say very quickly that Tabitha wipes his memory because she's like, you need to blend in here in the 50s. And because it's not going to help me get you back you're causing ripples or whatever in the timelines and you got to stop doing that. So she removes his memory of the future. But something I thought was interesting and I thought was actually going to come into play because I thought maybe Jughead was going to maintain this sentience a bit longer and and a little longer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But Archie says to him when Jughead first tries to start convincing them that they're not in the right time period, Archie says to him, like, they're going to lock you up with the rest of the nut jobs. And then I'm starting to think, like, 
what are the maybe there's say? more yeah maybe yeah. other people retained their memories and they're the nut jobs and again like that might be a more interesting thing to be doing right now but we're not so he did make it um jughead did make a point to mention that when going over who was in this this time period mm-hmm. that reggie wasn't there yeah so i wonder if he is he a nut job? <laughs> I thought he was a job. basketball player. Didn't that's you what that I thought that? too? But you never know. Like we don't know how that's his story is going to play out. We're not at that point yet. But you just saying that about you know the nut jobs. I'm like, oh wait, Reggie's the nut job. Reggie's the nut job. Well, that's the other thing is we haven't really seen everybody yet. And so did Tabitha bring everyone from Riverdale? into the past well we she brought julian yeah who (laughs) is now a person yeah who is now not a doll (laughs) but okay which again is another thing that's like what kind of universe is this so now when we go back to regular riverdale do we bring julian with us or does he Turn back into a doll (laughs) yeah like what happens here what kind of horror movie is this and my whole thought throughout the whole episode was like, how many times did they accidentally say Jason? <laughs> like I would be. He I mean, look I know like him though. They, he they obviously know, had to but... switch him to Julian because this guy has lines and needs to talk. So they couldn't have Jason be there because Jason never speaks. So they needed to cast somebody who was going to be able to carry on a conversation. I did find it funny though because, given that Julian was a doll. Yes. It would be funny if they brought it. They're like, oh, it's Julian, but he's a mute. <laughs> well, I mean. Like, he's in this time period as a human, but he's just a mute because he's really a doll back in Riverdale. Oh, no. I, mean, I don't know. Would... I'm thinking way too much into this. I mean, oh, there's okay. really nothing too ridiculous that you could say at this point. Because... That is true. A lot of the lingo, like, they're bringing on a lot of things kind of strong. Archie is acting like a ginormous doofus. Oh, I hate it so much. He's like, (laughs) I'm Archie Andrews. Hey, Veronica, you're a swell gal. Like that kind of bullshitty stupidness. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what? Did you like the intro, by the way, how they did like the the totally like Happy Days 50-esque? Yeah, I mean, corny, but very corny. Veronica's bangs are not it. Can we just Oh, say? no, they're not. They are terrible. No. They look like crisis bangs. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, which I guess she is technically in somewhat of a crisis right True, now. True, yes. She's been banished from Hollywood because her parents don't love her. <laughs> so. Which, I mean, to mirror real life, let's, let's Yeah. Real. But Yeah, I mean, like, nobody is doing anything different. Like, everybody's the exact same person, but, like, that they were in season one. This felt like season one Riverdale, but, like, in the 50s. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what they were going for. But it's just annoying because back then it was a little bit annoying to watch them be so immature and whatever. And now that we've had them become adults and then they're regressing back to high school stuff, it's like what we escaped we got out of there and now we're back they don't look any more like teenagers now than they did back then especially archie i feel like archie is looking more and more manly like 
Yes, he's so chiseled. And especially if you've like you went back and watched like the first episode, Mm -hmm. he's such a little baby face in season one. It's so cute. And like now he's just like hard angles, like cheekbones. Yeah. And he got the buckle fat taken out of his face. I'm not starting a rumor, but that's just what's been going on lately (laughs) with a lot of people, which I want to do myself because I got my license, my new license and the picture's not good. Oh, no, I hate that. My face takes up the entire <laughs> box. And I'm like, this is disgusting. We need to do oh, something no. about this. But anyway, everybody's, for the most part, the same or much older looking. And I felt like, and I wrote it down because I found it funny. Betty looked more 50s in season one. Yes. Than she does now. <laughs> I know. And with, honestly, like, she's, sock- wearing, like, she's wearing all the same clothes that she wore, like, in the normal seasons Mm -hmm. that it doesn't look right it almost looks too modern because she just that's what she wore yes it's what she wore and (laughs) it was the most yeah she had literally season one because i uh, started re-watching it as well just for reminiscent value and (laughs) yeah her style I mean, all their style, really, but hers mostly. I mean, with the ponytail and the ribbons and the... Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is very 50s. And this is... I think that's what we were thinking of going in, or at least I was, when I first started watching the show. Because I'm like, all right, it's Riverdale. It's based on the Archie comics. We're going to have some of that mm-hmm. comic-y vibe. And then, I guess, in bits and pieces, that's how they did it. And Betty's look was one of them. And the school, because the school always, I mean, they could change the color on the school. The school's always going to yeah. be right. Very yeah, old. I mean, they were always intentionally playing and like leaning into that sort of atmosphere, even in the modern day times. So like a lot of the stuff that they're using to make it a timepiece now is like, oh, well, this, <laughs> I mean, sure, Archie drives yeah. this like stupid jalopy looking car. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. He also does that in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, that's another thing too. When, when his mom is like telling him that he can't have the car after. Oh the, my that god, this was and, this was corny. He's like, was- mom, I, I'm not gonna be able to drive my car to school. It's gonna be so pathetic. And it's just like. Archie, you're like 30 years old now. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. Nobody believes you're 16 in this scene right now. And like, it's so upsetting to watch fully grown adults pretend to be in high school again. It's- I even felt like the the adults, the parents. Alice sucks in the 50s. <laughs> oh, God, she's horrible. Alice um, sucks in every time period, every timeline, every alternate universe. Alice talk is about just the no worst. character development. There's none for <laughs> Alice, even if we're regressing. It's talk about you know, a one note, but just the overacting for it being the 50s got to me a little bit. I'm like, oh, you're trying too hard. Yeah, like I know you're supposed to be in a different decade, but like Mary with the whole, but it's got fire painted on its doors and it's like (laughs) oh stop it stop it it's just a car yeah i think that's always going to be a problem because we know they're not supposed to be in the 50s like if the show had started out Mm -hmm. being like season one was in the 50s then all of it would be okay i'm guessing but because we know it's a modern show that has now been transported back in time it none of it feels authentic because that's just not how we know things to be. Oh, did you I meant to ask, did you pick up on the shameless plug in this episode? Wait. Spotify? Yeah. 
I thought that was very <laughs> funny when he's when he's trying to explain what it's like in the present. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's naming everything. He's like, well, you know, we have uh, phones that's they're smartphones, and you could do this, and you could listen to music on them. You could, you know, you have spot like, and then he gets very specific, yeah. and he's like, you could listen on Spotify, and I was like, whoa, okay. Um, they're re- yep. they're really not going to know what Spotify is. I know, right? Like that doesn't help. That's not helpful. No, <laughs> but he starts naming all these things, and again, it brings me back to season one when we're like, what decade is this? Because oh, they're on cell phones, they're on smartphones, but the hospital looks like it's out of whatever, you know? So it's yeah. just, for him to describe the present is just too funny. I need to talk about this scene for a second because it has one of my favorite lines in it, <laughs> which was when um, when Archie is saying to Jughead, like, you need to calm down, you need to relax. I think I know and, exactly yeah. what this line is. Go and ahead. then Jughead's like, you're not going to beat me up, are you? Because you're really violent in the future. <laughs> I cackled. I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was so good. (laughs) And that's why I'm kind of sad that Jughead is no longer aware because I feel like him being in that that position opened the door for some comedy in that way. Yeah. That was the same thing with Rivervale when we were kind of getting the two Jugheads in Rivervale. He does comedy very well, that sort of dry comedy. And so I think there was more that could have been done in that sort of genre. But then they they took away what made him special. So (laughs) it's all over. Oh, and when he's talking about each person... And oh my god like, and what you did and you did and you did and then he gets to kevin and he's like, you directed some musicals and you were in an organ harvesting cult oh. and i was like oh my god yes I, he did a really good recap i think of everything I, I wrote in my notes poor kevin has nothing of note to report oh my god because he jughead like pauses he's like trying to think of something like significant that kevin did that he could tell him about and he's got nothing all he's got is an organ car harvesting cults and uh, and musicals where like two people were murdered at different points <laughs> i know i it's know like, oh poor kevin Constantly we do get mitch shot. back mitch we do back. everybody's <laughs> That's back true. Mitch is back dilton doily's back uh what is her name her significance is in the next episode i just watched it i don't know what we're talking what's her name ethel duh ethel's not dead no i said she's back Oh, but you were listing people who had died. Dilton Doily died and um, Midge died. So I thought you were oh, right. continuing the theme. I think there. I was trying to go into basically like <laughs> people who were not in the present. That are or back. at least like not meaningful <laughs> in the present. Sure. We actually don't. Yeah, I guess Ethel couldn't be in present day Riverdale because we hadn't we didn't see her at all in season six. No. Except in Rivervale. She was in Rivervale. Right, as was Dilton Doily. Dilton Doily. And Ben Button. I believe Ben, ben. Button was it was here in the fifties too. Yes. He's that blonde kid. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> All the well, important people are, are yeah. back. <laughs> the other thing it, we're not really talking about in this first episode is the whole Emmett Till um right. murder. Not that trial. I was avoiding it. I think I, that was no, one of it's my just... my bummer moments because I felt like not that it's not important, because obviously it is, but you're bringing in a season that we're already like, what the fuck is going on? And you hit us immediately with a very serious 
history lesson. Yeah, I think it's hard to to address something as serious as this in the same episode where you've got these bullshitty alternate timeline universes and like all this other nonsense yeah. going on and then like, you turn around and you want to like give us a history lesson on racism in, in the United States in the 50s and it's like <sighs> feels like this is not the right platform it's not <laughs> it's <this>. really not <laughs> like I don't know how you how you do like one thing and then turn around and say like oh but let's have a serious moment now after we just had Archie get in a fight with his mom when he's a 30-year-old man about flames yeah. on the side of his car. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And then even Jughead trying to talk to Tabitha about it. And he approaches her and he's like, you know, I just heard what's going on and that you guys just got back. And, you know, if there's anything, like... And even she's a little confused. Like, I don't know what I, what you expect to help with, but, you know, yeah. like... yeah. Like, he was even awkward in that moment because it's like he knows he's not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it it was an issue back then. So it was just very the placing of it. Yeah. Was weird to me. I mean, it's an issue now, too. So I feel like it's weird for them to go back to the 50s to address it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Maybe we would need to involve people of minorities and people of color in this conversation to get like other perspectives on it but for me I feel like it's more valuable valuable to me when shows address modern racism because we all know that the 50s were a shit time for people who were not white like we just know that like that's that's being taught to us but what we don't know as prominently I feel like is where it's still applicable today so for them to go back to the 50s and address racism feels like an easy and kind of strange choice (laughs) it felt a little out of place and it's not like I don't think that is worth everyone's attention but just like not here (laughs) not in this show I mean they even brought in another actor oh Clay clay Mm -hmm. and i found that interesting too because it's like i mean we had tabitha we you know we have pop Mm -hmm. why not bring back josie and the pussycat like (laughs) don't even say it Don. (laughs) sorry because we have kevin and the crooners don't even think it (laughs) but i mean i feel like that would have been i mean they don't necessarily need to be the band the school band but i think having their i guess just their views and what they would have been at that time in that time period. Well, they probably wouldn't have been able to be what they were. And that's actually the thing that also bothers me is that there doesn't seem to be like heavy racism in Riverdale. Yes, the principal and Betty's parents were kind of trying to quash the conversation about it. But given that they keep saying Riverdale High School was recently integrated, you'd think that you know, if they wanted to address racism instead of going all the way to Mississippi and talking about this trial, there could have been pushback and racism, more direct racism in the community against people like Tabitha and Tony going to school. So, right. I don't know. It just it feels like a a thing that we're never going to talk about again after this episode that we do so many times in Riverdale where it's just kind of like, well, 
that was a problem for one day and now right like they got it out of the way and now we don't need to talk about it again exactly it's it's, okay but next week it's still the 50s so right and next week everybody's having sex so (laughs) nobody cares about anything (laughs) i know right like we got that out of the way it's time for orgies like yeah i don't i (laughs) yeah we, we couldn't be in the 50s without addressing racism but now we have so we're gonna move on to everybody banging Yes, and all the illegal fornication, because obviously... illegal fornication. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, we have Cheryl not really getting away from her usual stress of possibly being... God forbid there's a timeline where Cheryl's not a lesbian. (laughs) Yeah, she's just got to stay a lesbian. God forbid. (laughs) Oh, I found it funny when it was another discussion between... Mary and Archie about the car, and they were coming to an agreement about making. I can't the car believe safer. how often we are talking about this. Because this one scene. it was such an awkward. <laughs> because it comes back. Yeah, it comes back like several times. So he makes an agreement, and he goes, "I'll ask Betty to unsoup the car." And right, like, so it can only go fifteen miles an hour. It's like you know, driving too slow is unsafe too. <laughs> but we're asking Betty. Like Betty's a mechanic in the fifties too apparently well they're all the same they're, they're all the same people they're just but in again the 50s. it's the 50s she wouldn't have even had that interest you know you like, th- well making- if her dad was still interested in cars then maybe he still would have taught her mm. i don't know i wonder if charles is gonna pop up or polly oh. maybe well polly was dead so maybe not but so, um. so was julian so i don't know <laughs> i don't know i cringed when cheryl on the announcement called them riverdalians no don't ever do it again but she does so oops but yeah and then basically Jughead doesn't remember anything and that's yeah I want to come back to something about that final scene but after we're done talking about the second episode because I think it's gonna be like more of a something we can discuss when we're predicting the season yeah and I think this episode season season two episode two there is a lot more to talk about in terms of just sticking with this timeline. Like we're not bouncing around and we're right. not comparing. It's <laughs> we're kinda, not we're so stuck. confused. We're just accepting where we are and what we're doing. Yep. So we'll just talk about where we are. Yes. And to get us started, here's our 60 second summary. Still not sure how we went from superpowers, murder boards, and organ harvesting cults back to mundane drama over a high school dance, but here we are in season 7 doing just that. Student buddy President Cheryl is throwing a sock hop, which naturally throws the whole gang into a tizzy. Archie wants to ask Veronica, but Veronica has many offers on the table and decides the best way to choose is basically to interview them and make them jump through hoops to prove their worthiness. But after a truly well-deserved roast by Mary Andrews, Veronica realizes she might have been a bit careless of their feelings. The moment of growth is short-lived, however, she ends up dancing with Bag of Dicks, Julian Blossom in the end. Betty and her definitely not closeted beau Kevin are on the rocks because, well, even in the 50s, Kevin Keller is as gay as the day is long. In a classic Alice Cooper moment, she has a heart-to-heart with Kevin and convinces him to go steady with Betty so she'll stop thinking about going after someone a bit more heterosexual like Archie. Tony blackmails Cheryl into letting Fangs perform at the dance instead of Kevin and there's obvious sexual tension building between the two. And perhaps the most interesting part of this whole episode is shockingly Ethel Muggs. When Jughead lands a job writing for Pep Comics, he offers to help Ethel get a job illustrating. However, Ethel turns up at the dance covered in blood after a potentially violent confrontation with her parents who disapprove of her new job and her new crush. We're not exactly sure what happened yet, but we're sure we'll get answers next week if everyone can stop having sex long enough to care okay so uh, the only problem that i have with this episode and by i mean the only problem like the overarching problem is just again how did we how did we get here how did we go back to 
the school dance causing drama amongst this group of people. We were we were doing serial killers. We were doing murder boards. We were doing investigations and business operations and whatever. And now a sock hop. We're dumbing it down. A fucking sock hop. Seriously. And this whole thing with Veronica. Oh, she is a problem. Oh, my I God. I am not happy. Mary Andrews is my goddamn oh, hero. Seriously. I, she I cheered. Her have it. I cheered. That was an epic roast for the ages. And I wish I wish like I might go back and watch it again. Honestly, it was so good. I wrote I want to say I wrote a lot about it, but I didn't. I just had a lot of like I was just angry, like as doofy as Archie has been. That was fucked up. She's so, fucked, so up. fucked up. She's the worst. So what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> so if you have not won. So Riverdale High School is having a sock hop uh, organized by Cheryl, obviously, because same mm. role, same person. And there's this whole kerfluffle about who's going to go with who. And Archie, obviously, really wants to ask Veronica. And he does, but she's like, oh, I don't know. I have, like, a bunch of other offers. And basically wants Archie to prove why he should get to go with her. She's like, are you a good dancer? You got to be a good dancer. So he goes and he has Betty teach him how to dance, which was cute. But then she invites him over to impress her with his intellect. And he thinks that it's going to be a one-on-one date scenario. Yeah, she kind of made it seem that way. Right. And he gets all dressed up for it. He wears his father's suit and he writes a poem. I thought that was a cute... Yeah, he was very cute. What upsets me about all of this and like in season six, because we had that thing in Rivervale when Archie was going around killing everybody, but also just with all the timelines and stuff and you see all these dead people coming back, we're never going to see Fred Andrews again. And it's so upsetting. It's... Yeah, just them having to write it in that he was, like, in the Korean War. Yeah. And didn't come home. Like, that is... It's so unfair. It's, it's so unfair that we unfair. never get to see him again. Like, <sighs> there's so many things that went wrong in Riverdale, like, over the years. But I really do think that Luke Perry dying is one of the worst things to happen to this show. It I just... could only imagine the writing. Do you think he would have stuck it out? I don't know. I honestly think he would because he's such a nice person. And he yeah. probably just would have been like, I'm in for the long haul, guys. I believe in this show. And it would have been so nice. <laughs> it would have been nice. We might have gotten some different angles. and <sighs> We'll never know. Oh, to dream. We'll never know. I know. What a loss. So, <laughs> lost my train of thought there. No, we're just talking about how much of... Right. Okay. So Archie wears his dad's suit to this little gathering. But when he gets there, all the other guys who I guess have asked Veronica to the dance are also there. It's like a live action hinge. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. It's a hinge party. Or the bachelorette, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that too. He also wrote a poem for Veronica, which he lets Betty read. And like, sorry, like just guys don't write poetry. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. Nobody wants it. So he gets there and he's like so far out of his depth because Veronica is so cultured and she knows about art and museums and books and things. And like poor Archie, blue collar, growing up in Riverdale, you know, knows things about things, but not the same things. And so he's just kind of sitting there very awkwardly. And then fucking Julian, who is a tool. (laughs) Such a tool. And he's like, where did this bag of dicks come from? Seriously, he goes over and, I mean, 
he's a hundred percent a blossom, just a hundred percent. Because he walks over to a Monet painting, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just admiring this." You know, we go art hunting in the summer, Ugh. whatever the fuck. Yeah, it was. art hunting <laughs> with like a bow and arrow. <laughs> don't make me laugh. Okay, okay. Right? What did what did he call it? I don't remember, but you're. I mean, like they go. Uh, oh, I didn't art write it something. Down. <laughs> yeah, art cruising. I don't yeah, know. art tripping through Europe. <laughs> we gotta be close. <laughs> which is right. Which honestly hits the nail on the head for the Blossom family. Right. That sounds like totally something do. they would do. And you just feel so bad. And then he starts picking on Archie. Right. Like, where'd you get that suit? Is it from, like, the, you know, Goodwill type of thing? And it right. was... And then Archie's like, it's my dad's suit. And then, what does he say about his dad? He said something really fucking mean. He did. Oh, gosh. So, like, it was his only suit. Like, I don't know. He was being a real fucking asshole. And, mm-hmm. like, openly, like, not even subtly making digs at Archie's dead father. And Veronica is just like, now, boys. And it's like... What the fuck are you doing? Like, if right, you're not like, going to stand up for him, yeah. then you're an asshole. She should have been like, Julian, get the fuck out of here. You are disqualified from being my boyfriend because nobody makes fun of dead fathers in my apartment. Yeah, it was it was rough. <sighs> it, was it was awful. Rough. It was awful. And then she comes by the next day to apologize because she realizes that it was kind of awful. But Mary Andrews was having none of it. She was like, you are careless with my child's heart, child, my 30 year old child's heart. And I will not stand for this. And like, you're being an asshole. And Veronica was just like, what? What? It's like, yeah, your actions have consequences. Oh, and her excuse is always about her parents. Well, my parents are actors. And it's like, okay, that's cool. It's called common decency. Right. Not, <laughs> she was basically, it was a rehearsal. It was an audition. It was, mm-hmm. it was totally fucked up. Oh, and I yeah, did write it, was, it down. It was nasty. It was an art buying tour. An art so, buying tour. I think what we said <laughs> was a lot art hunting. better. <laughs> art hunting. And <laughs> I can't laugh. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah, so Mary just hits her below the belt, which is perfectly fine with me. Yeah. And I think she did the right thing in the end when it came to the the sock cop, though, because she basically tells Archie, like, I'm not going to go with anybody. Yeah, but also no, because she also ends up dancing with Julian. And like, after he said those things to Archie, if she really... that was shitty. If she really recognized that... It was wrong what he said. She should be like, I'm not dancing with you. Fuck right off. Because Archie turned her down for a dance. Because now she's all like, oh, I made a mistake. This is terrible. I kind of do want to dance with Archie. She goes over and she's like, can we dance? And then he looks over. He's like, "Um, actually, like, I'm going to pass. And he goes and dances with his mom. And it was so cute. Like, I would love to give him shit for being a mama's boy there. But that was fucking adorable because she stood up for him in, like, such an important way. And then he went back and was like, hmm, I'll dance with my mom. See ya. Yeah. Like, when has Archie ever chosen, like, a parent over Veronica? Like, <laughs> he spent most Never. of his, his teenagehood choosing Hiram over his father, which was just, like, disgusting. So, yeah. And then Veronica's like, mm, well, now I'm sad. I guess I'll dance with this bag of dicks over here. I feel like that 
when it came to actually I kind of want to just go back to Jughead really quickly <laughs> we we haven't even started talking about Jughead no in this we, but I'm just saying like the bat like back to the beginning of the episode oh my god why <laughs> Dawn, goes, we've made it this far why do we have to we, go back well <laughs> because that's the Jughead part of the no he goes from remembering all of Riverdale in the present to not knowing a thing and being gung-ho into this time period right just like shucks to that and i'm like what is <laughs> this lingo <laughs> it's so bad okay so he's obviously still into comics and all of that right. jazz and he's really pissed because this comic book company pep comics pep comics plagiarized his entry like told it denied his yeah, he sent entry. something in and yeah. they rejected it, but then they published something very close to it. So he gets upset and is like, I'm going to go down there. Yeah, he's like, can out. I sue? You know, and then <laughs> and then you have like Dilton Doily and Ethel and um, Ben Button. Ben Button. And they're all like, relax, bro. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. But of course, in typical Jughead fashion, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes down there and he explains it to you know, the editor-in-chief. Also, that area looked like it was the, um... Oh, my God. It was turned into everything. Most recently, Pops. After the... Oh, the El Royale. El Royale. <laughs> That's the area it looked like, the El Royale. Honestly, it could have been. They started office. reusing a lot of sets later on. Like, I started to notice, like, how many times, like, we just used the same sets for different places. And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you could transform it, but we'll know. <laughs> So, yeah, so he basically talks to him, and honestly, this editor-in-chief is like, all right, dude, like, just write me something, write me seven pages by tomorrow, and it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, if it's not garbage, I will publish it. (laughs) Like, it wasn't, he didn't even put up that much of a fight. And I found it funny that he said, like, oh, I get tons of submissions all the time. It's like, well, then why do you need a writer? I mean, are they all shit? Well, exactly, because Jughead wrote those pages that they took the new story. Why didn't they just publish Jughead's story if that's what they were going to do? I guess they didn't want to pay anybody for it. <laughs> but that, now Probably. they're going to pay him anyway. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. You're you're right. That is weird. And, like, if they're getting lots of submissions, I guess not everybody is a writer. But in Jughead's case, if they were going to publish his story anyway and just tweak it, they could have just hired him. Right. It was weird. <laughs> it was know. very strange. So then he gives his story to Ethel to read, and Ethel's like, this is great stuff. And then she kind of says how she wishes she could, like, do the artwork for stuff like this. And, mm-hmm. and Ethel draws some really crazy shit. Yeah, she's got a lot of talent that we didn't know about until now. We did not know. And did she have <laughs> it no in the future? We don't know. We have I no idea. I don't know. It's kind of like when Cheryl comes back in season five and is really good at counterfeiting paintings. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, like where oh. the fuck did that come from? <laughs> okay. Oh, she learned it on the art, ha- <laughs> art yeah, hunting art tours. Hunting tours. <laughs> but yeah, so we do get back the whole Ethel having a crush on Jughead thing. Oh, yeah. We bring that back. Oh, yeah. And it's in it's in high gear. She's she's really she is not hiding it well, and he is very oblivious because she basically asks him to the sock hop, and he's like, "Oh, like just for kicks?" And she was like, yeah, "Yeah, just for kicks, yeah, just for kicks." And he's like, "That sounds great," and it's just like, "You're an idiot. <laughs> You're fucking yeah. stupid." Is everybody stupid in the fifties? 
Maybe. But I have to say, when they go to the office of the editor-in-chief and submit Ethel's stuff, and he's like, well, like, this stuff is really fucking intense, whatever, gives her the job, and then he asks them, point blank, (laughs) like, are you in a relationship? Like, are you boyfriend and girlfriend? And Jughead quickly shuts it down. So I think he is starting to kind of get the hint that she's crushing a lot, and then... She has to kind of put her two cents in. She's like, but we're going to the sock up together. Like, hello. Yeah. And another thing we didn't really know about Ethel is her home life. I don't think this is true of her home life in the current, present Riverdale. Because, I mean, we don't really know her parents all that well. But her dad attempted suicide in, like, season two because of Hiram. Her dad was in business with him and they lost a lot of money and stuff. So he he tried to commit suicide, but he was fine. So, like, I think those were really the only times that we saw Ethel's parents. And we didn't even really see her dad. But I never I don't think we were ever given the impression that her parents were abusive or overprotective. But they sure are in the 50s. The mom's an alcoholic. Holy crap. And she can't, right. She has no fear of them. She just snaps right back. Yeah. And like her mom's like, you have. Sorry, I'm go- I'm skipping ahead here. She is then caught making her drawings or whatever in class. And this is one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Principal, what is it? Still feather? It's feather. It's featherhead. <laughs> featherhead. Yeah. <laughs> featherhead, and then you have the school counselor, like psychiatrist, whatever. Right. I think the school psychiatrist is really running the show. Well, yes. I mean, he's definitely a malevolent uh, presence. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, Featherhead is just like, yeah, he thinks things are wrong or whatever. But then you have the other guy like in his ear like, wait a minute. um, Yeah. But it's much worse than that. And we really don't want this. So it's (laughs) right. He's like Iago or something. he's (laughs) He's more sinister than the principal. And the principal's like, well, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be doing this and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's when she's told she's has detention for a week. The school psychiatrist is the one. Because remember when I said in the trailer, I thought I saw Mr. DuPont. Yes. It's, is it the same guy? It's the same guy. I mean, like, they changed his name for this, which was annoying right. because I started to question my whole, like, sense of knowledge. I was like, wait, I thought that was Mr. DuPont. Why is his name something different when everybody else's name is the same? But it is right. the same actor. So <laughs> that makes me okay. feel a little bit better. <laughs> I was going to say, he definitely looked familiar. Yeah. And he was definitely evil in, like, present day Riverdale. So so I guess they just had to, like, juggle his position. But he'd still I, be the same I don't know person. what they had to do. They didn't have to do anything. They Tom. didn't have to do anything. You are right. They, they made their choices. <laughs> so yeah, Ethel skips attention to go to this job interview, basically, for right. Cap Comics. And then her parents find out and they are fucking pissed. Livid. They're like, so first there's a mad. boy in your room, and then you skipped attention, and da, 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 da. And she is just like, fuck you, mom, and right. fuck you, dad. I'm out of here. I'm going to sock up with Jughead. Yeah. And she calls them out on their bullshit. She's like, oh, uh, you're always drinking. How would you notice? And right. <laughs> you're never here, so what does it matter? And right. Leave. And then, like, the next thing we know, though, she's showing up to the sock hop covered in blood, and we're like, what? <laughs> Not good. I mean, covered. Covered yeah. in blood. And, like, breathing heavily so I like I don't think it's her blood but we still don't know exactly what happened and there's no right off the bat I'm like she killed her parents well (laughs) maybe but there's no indication (laughs) 
there's no indication of like continuation in the next episode when we see the trailer it's like everybody oh i didn't see the trailer oh dawn everybody's because i watched online oh they are we're up to that already yeah next week is sex ed so i'm excited yeah but like at the same time like are we gonna get any closure (laughs) on what happened to ethel or are we just again like done with this moving on and like we just never address it again but i don't know i mean it's wild when Ethel is the most exciting part of an, of a Riverdale episode. Yeah, that was... And, like, they were supposed to go together, yet Jug was at the dance, like, well, that's the whole why, time already. That's why I still think he's being fucking clueless, because he's just like, oh, we're just going to hang out together at the dance. I'll see you there. Yeah. I don't know. He's an idiot. They're all idiots. I'm trying to think of who we should talk about next. Well, let's talk about all the all the homophobia. <laughs> because that that's another fucking bummer like i know it's the 50s but we've already established this yeah in prior seasons right because it's still a thing like there is still discrimination against i mean it was way worse then obviously but as a show though and as the characters we've established this already yes and as we said like apparently like even in alternate timelines, our gay people are still going to be gay people. Yeah. So Betty and Kevin are dating. The awkwardness. The Not awkwardness really. and also Betty's fight to just get Kevin to, like, kiss her. I know. <laughs> the funniest thing. <laughs> he basically calls her a sex maniac. And yeah. Like, trying to ki- like get you to kiss me once a week right doesn't make me a sex maniac <laughs> when we've been was- dating for like a year or something right. <laughs> months like you feel so bad for her but then obviously you feel so bad for him because now right yeah he's also enamored by um the new student clay yeah and fucking alice again coming into uh. like the opposite of save the day and she talks to Kevin and is like, look, all you got to do is give her a commitment, pin her, and then... Like, right, it's a hush-hush present. Yeah, and then she'll stop, uh, you know, asking you for more shit. And then Kevin's like, that sounds like a great idea, and does it. But you would think, like, she would be in more defense of her daughter than... Alice has never has... been in defense of no, her daughter. No, <laughs> I know, I understand that. And then, obviously, I'm thinking, like, well, she doesn't want her daughter, like, having sex, so she's going to... I mean, probably push Kevin to yeah, she's because she push Kevin. The reason she did that was because Betty came to her and said, like, after she did the dancing lesson with Archie, that she was starting to feel flutterings. Which, by we the way, we all know what those are. <laughs> yeah, flutterings, wink, wink, we, towards Archie. And then Alice is like, "Oh God, no, we can't have this." <laughs> so Do you she, think she secretly knows that Kevin's gay, so that's why she's pushing him? To, possibly, like, she definitely knows that he's not interested. Here, in having it's my sex. pin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, I ever get it back. Just pin the <laughs> shit out of her. And Do it now. Promise. Do it now. <laughs> Keep this ruse going for as long as possible. He does do that, and it does prevent Betty from potentially making her feelings known for Archie. And so. that scene drove me insane. I know because I she, felt she horrible. She should have just said two seconds, Kev. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was being such a cockblock, and it was just kind of like <laughs> so rude. It was so rude, especially didn't because know how to pin her, and I was like, "Oh yeah. God!" Especially because like he's not doing it because he loves her. 
he's only doing it because he doesn't know what else to do. So like, right. She, like he, he doesn't want to like, he get prevented caught, like, her from pursuing yeah. an actual relationship with Archie just so they could continue their fake relationship. So that was kind of upsetting. But on the flip side, we have Cheryl and Tony who <sighs> Tony is like much more of a delinquent in this, in this time period. It seems. Yeah. I, I mean, she's definitely pushing more boundaries than she did. Yeah, and, like, she was going around threatening people that she was going to throw eggs at them if they went to the, the sock hop because she wanted Fangs to perform instead of Kevin, which, like, by the way, rude. Rude and um, how long's a dance? Split it up. Exactly! Why can't they share? They could both do it. I mean, what are we... I mean, they're not getting paid. We know this. She was, like, physically intimidating people out of going to Cheryl's sock hop, and it was just, like... Who, who are you? Yeah, I mean, she almost made Dalton Doyle shit his pants. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, not hard to do. That kid's a nerd, no, but yeah, kind of rude. And then she's like kind of aggressive with Cheryl, too. And I mean, maybe a good thing because Cheryl is much prissier, I think. And like very prissy and very prude. Yeah. In general. I mean, she flipped a shit when it was just a insinuated like right oh want to be my and she's like yeah what but we're we're girls and and she's like girls can't dance together which at that point i was like true girls can't why can't they just dance next to each other right dance near each other because is it considered well even at the dance too each other yeah they weren't even touching like (laughs) they weren't slow dancing no yeah that was i mean and maybe that was the point that that's how much worse it was back then you couldn't even really like suggest that two girls were together or whatever but I don't know I maybe this was a way for us to get Cheryl and Tony together one more time before Mm -hmm. the end of the show because I still don't know I mean Heather tells Cheryl in season six that she and Tony are endgame basically but Tony is still with Fangs, like they got married and, and right. stuff, and they have a baby. So I don't well, know. Not how... anymore. It's an adult. Oh He's right, an adult. <laughs> adult Anthony. I don't know <laughs> what they intend to do with that, but maybe this was just our last chance at watching Tony and Cheryl have a romantic relationship again. I don't know. Yeah, that's very possible. And I found it interesting because obviously Featherhead sees them dancing, and again, they're dancing a decent amount of like space apart so Mm -hmm. it's nothing to be assumed but i guess he picked up on it or has picked up on it recently that it's like now this is something that's confirming for him i don't know but it gets to a point where fangs is performing everybody's dancing and they have you know where the the loners or the people not dancing are sitting on the bleachers (laughs) <laughs> you see Tony with a brown paper bag slugging some alcohol. Right. That's what I but mean. She's Featherhead, like a fucking thug. <laughs> but Featherhead comes up to her, comes up to Cheryl and just nonchalantly stands next to her and goes like, oh, boys and girls, you know, yeah, dancing. As just it as should God, be. <laughs> just as God intended. I'm like, yeah. oh, we're bringing religion into this All now? All right, then. Oh, I don't think so. And she's like, yep, everything is going according or everything is how mm-hmm. it should be or whatever. And I'm like, somebody brought alcohol to the dance. She's right <laughs> and, there. And You're all he cares about is girls dancing together. <laughs> together. Like, it's just, and I wrote in big letters on my notes, no lesbians allowed. <laughs> but holy crap, that was one of the things that I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna, 
let's see how i mean but i think if anything this part of the storyline will continue especially with sex ed next week yes for sure and it kind of brings me back to what i wanted to talk about at the end of the first episode Mm -hmm. with the last thing that Jughead remembers from his conversation with Tabitha before he like loses his whole memory is bend towards justice. Those are like the words he writes down on his typewriter. And I was reading some interviews with Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and he basically has said that the big bad in this final season is the town and society itself and like the evils of society because basically their mission now is to make things better for so that they can have a better future one that doesn't get obliterated by a comet and so I'm kind of wondering at this point if the goal here is to make enough changes to society and the goodness of Riverdale in this time period so that we get back to like a season one but like none of the bad stuff happens huh like, I wonder if it's going to rewrite the entire show. Yeah, that would be interesting. I can't decide if that feels like a big fuck you or not, because <laughs> then we just went through all of this and none of it mattered. Like, it's almost like it's a dream. I was just going to say, what if at the end of the show, I've brought up this scenario so many times already, but I everybody dies. No, it, oh. like somebody probably Jughead because he's the one that began narrating the show to begin with. Mm-hmm. literally wakes up or it's just a book he wrote because mm-hmm. in the beginning he's he i mean he was writing for the paper or just writing in general but yeah but who is he is he still jughead or is he just some rando no i think he's still jughead and i think we get oh god i'm trying to think of how it would work but yeah like in the end it's like us just seeing his book that he wrote like we just got to see it all pan out that or a dream like um like deadly illusions <laughs> kind of yeah but better <laughs> but better ish <laughs> at least it'll have a title <laughs> right <laughs> again or it could be a dream where he's now knows what to write because he had a dream uh, and the whole series was a dream the entire series season one to seven i would hate that that'd be awful really yeah how do you want it to end uh, like I just said, I think I might yeah. I might appreciate that a little bit. But like it would be hard to do because, again, you have actors who have like left the show permanently and we may not see them again. And I feel like the only way for that ending to be able to happen would be to have people come back. Because if you're saying like you fixed the timeline so that Riverdale is not such an evil place, then you'd have people like... Charles and Chick and Hal and Hiram and like all these people who were once evil but like maybe they're all just normal and like live in their li- like Polly's back she's not dead mm. uh, maybe Betty and Glenn are happily married <laughs> wow yeah not not that's not happening Archie and <laughs> Betty are apparently gonna get married but yeah I just I think it's hard to have such an abstract villain in the final season as, like, society. Yeah, I mean, the show definitely does better with a physical a physical being that can be. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I just want to mention really quickly that's, like, sort of not relevant? It's relevant because we're making predictions, but you, do you remember that you actually called Cheryl being a phoenix? 
Did I really? Yeah, like I before, don't remember that before season six. You like we were talking about something, and I think I used the phrase like rising from the ashes, and then you kind of took that and you were like Cheryl becomes a phoenix or something, and like she literally does. <laughs> I mean, like she, she has does. phoenix powers, but like it, it was such like a spitball comment of like this ridiculous thing that would never happen, and like you literally called it. <laughs> So she, that's, I just bring it up as like inspiration because you never know. Like we could say we ridiculous bullshit right now and it might end up actually being true. So Right. And both of our like both of our We've both made predictions that ended up becoming true. And I think at the time we only like maybe thirty percent believed them. <laughs> it was right. like mostly a joke. But yeah, I think it would be kind of cool if both of our somewhat predictions play out in some way yeah i mean we'll see i think mine would only work if we spent most of the time in the 50s or if there were like further time jumps so we could like see how the timeline got corrected over a period of time rather than just like i think you need to (laughs) do more work than just being in the 50s yeah but uh i don't know it all depends on how long we're stuck in in this era i think it would be kind of cool if as Tabitha is fixing the timelines or untangling them as it was described (laughs) that like we get hit with an episode where like now they're in the 80s that's what I mean like we have we'd have to see them in other decades to see how good the yeah yeah and maybe she has to like gradually move them up in time like okay like I fixed this much so like let's move up a couple decades and and go from here But it's nuts to me because, again, the only... Now I'm just confusing myself. Uh-oh. <laughs> We've gone too far. Because if, if she does... Say she does that, right? Yeah. Who is she going to relay that to? Because if she doesn't <laughs> have the memory, who besides the viewers are going to actually understand why this is happening? The mission? Well, I mean, do they have to understand the mission? I guess not, but... I mean, having Jughead in the first episode kind of freak out and not know, like, that, like, he's on our side. Like, there's, we, we need a correspondent. It in does the field. seem pretty important that we know we're supposed to try to do better. Like, if that's the theme of this final season and if bending towards justice is what we're trying to do here, somebody does need to know that that's the whole point. Because otherwise, we're just running around to sock hops and fixing our jalopies and whatnot. And it's like, is anybody doing anything productive here? Right. Is it like, (laughs) are we supposed to care right now? Like, is this going to be convenient or effective in the future? We don't know. Yeah. And there's nobody to actually let us know. Should be like Memento, where like Jughead just keeps like tattooing like memorable phrases on his arms. (laughs) Or Tabitha comes back, you know, Twilight Zone-esque, and she just like stands there. And now what you're about to see is (laughs) something like that. We need some recognition (laughs) as to, okay, yes, you're not losing your mind. We're going to be in this decade now. Like, I don't know. It's going to be a wild ride for sure. Oh, boy. I mean, I think we... I hope we. I hope we did because that was I a long one. <laughs> it was a long one. I do have one question though. Was, oh was no! I supposed to know? No, this is just like what? Stupid funny. Was I supposed to know that a sock cop you really dance in your socks? I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're yeah. they're taking their shoes. This, it's literal. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Well, we learned something for once. 
We did. It was nice to... uh... At least it wasn't a complete waste of time. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, but I think we we covered those first two episodes pretty well. We sure did. And uh, next week's episode, again, is sex education, Mm. which should be steamy, I guess, in Riverdale standards. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You need to watch the trailer. It's I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to. What the fuck? Oh, so yes, you know where to find us. Twitter, Instagram, the website. You can always treat us to a cocktail and you know we have the merch. And yeah, do you have anything to add? Oh my god, I don't have a holiday ready. Um I don't think there is one. <laughs> I don't think so. I either. think we get a break from holidays for right now. <laughs> well then I have nothing. <laughs> oh gosh. Well until oh, then that's it. Wait. <laughs> I hope everyone has filed their taxes. Oh, yes. And if you haven't, tax day is fast approaching. So file your taxes. Hurry your ass up. Yeah. We're all waiting on you. Yes. Well, Lisa is. That's for sure. Yes. She is waiting. So she doesn't have to work Saturdays anymore. Uh, Uh, R.I.P. tax season. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And until then, that's (laughs) endgame.